0: Over the past five years, we've seen a dramatic spike in poaching. Every single year that we've had, there's been a grim new record that's been set.
1: It's an illegal, multi-billion dollar trade that relies on a sophisticated global supply chain to cross borders and continents. It's a criminal network.
2: I moved out from the road. They started shooting, I took cover. And I fired bread.
1: Fueled by vast sums of money.
0: Pangolin feature soup, which goes for approximately 1,750 US dollars.
3: 80, 90% of rhinos' horns are fake. People are lending money, um, selling their house, to buy a buffalo horn. It can go up to a hundred thousand um, USD for for kilogram.
1: It's rallied an army of activist celebrities, with senior politicians now pushing big business to clamp down on high-speed trade routes.
0: There are things that can really be done by people from operating cruise ships to airlines uh, to to moving containers.
1: It's a market sustained by age-old beliefs and a surging middle class in East Asia.
4: When people desperate, and they have money. I think they, they will do everything to open the window of hope for them.
1: It's a story of the fragility of institutions in emerging markets, as well as of the challenges a globalized world brings to international law enforcement.
2: And
1: to conserving some of the planet's most magnificent beasts as well as some of its most unassuming. Killing seems to be fairly unstoppable. It's the fight to stem a rapacious network of supply and demand, a tale of trade in creatures both great and small. Kruger National Park, South Africa, home to some of the planet's most noble and most endangered species. But this is also a battleground, the front line of a war on a global illegal trade in rhinoceros horn that sources its rare and protected products in this bush with the aim of delivering its goods to buyers thousands of miles away. This rusty wire fence is the frontier between South Africa and Mozambique. In recent decades, thousands of people have poured across it every year in search of a better life here in South Africa. But in the last few years, Some of the people coming have been plying a far deadlier trade. The poaching of rhinoceros in Kruger Park has reached epidemic proportions. In 2007, just 13 rhinos were killed in South Africa. But such is the demand now that last year, the number rose to 1,215, nearly 5% of the global rhinoceros population. There are five species of rhinoceros, The largest and most numerous, the white rhinoceros, is the biggest of all land animals after the elephant. Its habitat, along with its close relative, the more aggressive black rhinoceros, ranges from central to southern Africa, but its prime sanctuary in the last century has been in South Africa, where 90% of black and white rhinoceroses are to be found. Rhinoceros horn is extremely valuable, commanding prices up to $100,000 per kilogram on the black market, more even than gold, Such demand has led to a second slaughter of an animal that's roamed the planet for millions of years. From the 60s to the 90s, as demand soared in increasingly prosperous parts of Asia, relentless poaching reduced the population of black rhinoceroses from an estimated 100,000 in 1960 to about 2,400 in the early 90s. Since 2008, after a 15-year lull, rhinoceroses are again under attack. The financial rewards on offer are often too tempting to turn down for the many impoverished Mozambicans living close to the South African border. Tracking suspicious footprints such as this is one of the most effective methods park rangers use to follow and catch the poachers who are willing to risk their lives for a rhinoceros horn.
0: You have entrenched poverty uh, in rural communities in Mozambique where many of the poachers are recruited um, also in communities around national parks that have traditionally been excluded from national parks and historically excluded from national parks. Uh, very easy recruiting grounds. The money is ultimately at the key. You know, you, you have poaching gangs being paid um, anywhere between 20,000 rand, 60,000 I've heard figures up to 100,000 to go in as a gang and carry out a poaching incident.
1: Poachers travel from towns such as Magude, some 60 kilometers from the South African border. They're hired by middlemen from disparate networks who travel to these rural communities with vast amounts of cash to offer the willing foot soldiers. The incoming wealth is on display in new villas with satellite dishes and foreign cars springing up in recent years alongside the more traditional village infrastructure. The poachers travel by night, on foot, and at speed into South Africa. There they'll track and shoot rhinoceroses before removing the horns with knives or axes and making a quick retreat back across the border before park rangers can catch up with them. Up to a dozen gangs are believed to be operating in the park at any one time with incursions increasingly taking place across the park's western border from poachers based in South Africa. The poachers returning to Mozambique become the responsibility of Commander Cibola who heads up a new national task force dedicated to wildlife protection. The FT met with him and some of his team at the
2: border. falta Some 220
1: poachers have been killed in the Kruger since 2008. One of Commander Cibola's team has had repeated first-hand experience of their firepower. In 2013, his unit was all but overwhelmed by a force three times the size. A group of 12 poachers, they
2: started opening fire on us. So we had to run after those guys while they were still shooting. And Then he, when we saw that the situation it was worse, then we had to take a cover. We carried on, you know, firing, but because we were using shotguns, and they were having AK-47s, 375, 458, so it was a
1: difficult. It's a relentless attack that frequently overwhelms the limited resources of the rangers and security forces trying to protect the park.
0: They are disciplined. They run like you, the wind. They walk for kilometers and kilometers. They spend nights out living off bread and two liters of water. I mean, they, they hide in termite mounds, and in you know, fork burrows when they feel that they need to hide for the night, they're disciplined.
1: Thousands of miles away, in Hanoi, Vietnam's capital, the release of fish welcomes the Chinese New Year. Such traditions loom large in this fast-growing emerging market. Once a province of imperial China, Vietnam is now like its powerful neighbour, a single-party socialist state, which has embraced a get-rich-quick culture and where the newly affluent are keen to splash out on ancestral traditions. One such tradition is Chinese medicine, a practice that has become notorious for its use of the body parts of endangered species. Although China and Vietnam have officially banned rhinoceros horn in traditional medicine, hearsay has helped promote it as a cure for cancer.
3: People here in Vietnam believe in rumors. Um, it's probably because of, like, for many years we didn't have enough information. And so when with this rumor of this rhino horn curing that person spread out, people immediately bought it and they they made The demand um, increased so fast that the number of rhinos being killed in the following years really rocket um, three times, four times.
1: And it's not just medicinal use that activist groups are up against. Rhinoceros horn, which when ground and drunk has properties similar to aspirin, has become a status symbol for some in the newly prosperous Vietnamese elite
3: me or anyone around me would know someone who works for the government who uses rhino horn. They use it for fun. So basically, if they have a company retreat, uh, a year-end party, they would have the rhino horns out uh, for everyone to use because they believe that it, it has that magic of as a Viagra. Um, and everybody knows that, but people just don't, cannot bring out the evidence because, well, I don't want troubles.
1: Southeast Asia imports thousands of rhinoceros horns every year, mostly from South Africa. From the poachers' villages, they're transported out of Mozambique and neighbouring countries through major ports or on commercial airliners bound for Asia. The horns, over 9,000 since 2008, according to one estimate, are often carried in hand luggage, with couriers bribing their way and working with corrupt officials. They're then sold to kingpins operating across Southeast Asia, many in Vietnam. And it's not just rhinoceroses that are feeding Southeast Asian demand. Nestling in the country's northern hills, these extraordinary creatures find a much-needed sanctuary. Even more reclusive and far less assuming than the rhinoceros, these mammals, the most illegally traded on the planet and now all but extinct in parts of Asia, also face a murderous assault. The only mammals to be covered head to toe in hard scales, the 80-million-year-old pangolin is an anteater that grows to about the size of a small dog. There are eight species in all, once living throughout the tropical regions of Africa and Asia. The animal is prized for its scales, which in Southeast Asia are seen as a cure for anything from cancer to acne, and can fetch $650 per kilogram on the international market. Its meat is also a delicacy. One kilogram sells for about $250. Data on pangolin populations are scant, but with some 360,000 of the animals estimated to have been poached in Africa in the last three years, numbers are unquestionably in freefall. After years of turning a blind eye to the problem, the Vietnamese government is at last officially tightening up with new laws. But it's still remarkably easy to find and buy pangolin in markets such as this one in Hanoi. Just 15 minutes ago, in a shop just down the road behind me, I was offered, illegally, a packet of pangolin scales for $150. This trader was more than happy to talk about pangolin scales and their medicinal uses, with both hard and soft scales on offer. And it wasn't just in markets where we saw pangolin for sale. Porcupine, Wow. Crocodile. Mm, pangolin. At a restaurant in central Hanoi, we found a wide range of pangolin dishes on the menu.
0: One month, uh, about um, uh, 10
3: to uh, 15 uh, pangolin, OK? So, who, who eats pangolin?
4: Is it a like um, businessman? Uh, uh, OK, be, business, business. Best uh, for, for health, OK? For health, yes. OK. It makes you
1: stronger. Yes, stronger. <laughs> The near-extinction of pangolin in Southeast Asia has led to a dependence on imports. Now, as with the rhinoceros, it's traffic from Africa. Here in Johannesburg, where similar restrictions apply, pangolin scales, used by local traditional healers, are also on sale.
0: Harvest rates out of Africa have risen exponentially within the
1: last four years. So we're looking at serious amounts of money, 22 tonnes of pangolin scales in the last three and a half years, uh, easily accounts for 16 and a half million US
0: dollars and that's only 10 percent of what we're intercepting so easily 160 million US dollars in the last few years and it's the trade levels are rising
1: exponentially
4: so we can expect, expect tenfold in the next few years.
1: The sheer size of the trade raises serious questions about the competence and ability of law enforcers to tackle the problem. With such high volumes still crossing the huge distances between source and consumer, is it time for a rethink in the battle strategy against the trade in illegal wildlife parts? Early morning in Kruger. On the front line, ranger Mark Montgomery is demonstrating one of the tactics deployed against the poachers. Dragging the park's roads at sunset helps to reveal their tracks the next day. So this is quite a simple weapon to use against the might of the poachers, isn't it? Definitely.
4: Um, it makes
3: life so much more difficult for them to uh, walk across the road. Not once a week, on average, you could find tracks in the area. It can be more, depending on
1: on the amount of gangs in the area as well at that moment. Better cross-border cooperation is helping the rangers. There's even a plan to create a giant cross-border park to help pool anti-poaching resources. But incursions are still rising, up 27% in the past year. And the poachers, of course, are just one small part of a far bigger criminal system. In Mozambique, Commander Cebola readily concedes the real problem is apprehending the bosses who the poachers answer to and who oversee the next phase of the trade.
2: Eles têm uma instrução de que tu quando é apanhado, não, não diga nada, não diga quem te mandou. É, o furtivo fica preso, o mandante está fora. E eles se preocupam apenas em vir pagar calção para o furtivo sair. E é That's dificuldade que nós temos tido. Mas, Nós estamos a trabalhar com as instituições da justiça para que isso não seja assim. Isso não significa que nós não tenhamos conhecimento de que este ou aquele é mandante. Mas segundo como dizia a nossa lei, a nossa justiça aqui, enquanto só desconfiamos de que aquele é isto, não termos aquela prova, nós não podemos lhe...
1: But the bloody history of poaching in Africa in the last decades suggests that policing supply is at best one part of the solution. Ultimately, attitudes must change in countries where the rare animal parts command such a premium. Tu Minh is one of Vietnam's most successful pop stars. She's joined the small army of celebrity ambassadors campaigning in China and Vietnam to sway public opinion.
4: It's not easy to convince them something is a right thing or something is a wrong thing. But the younger people, they might like a like white paper, blank paper, you know, I uh, I heard from uh, a little boy that uh, he knows and he saw his father take a, a small piece of uh, rhino horn home and use it. I asked him later, whenever you see your father, buy it and use it. What are you going to say? And he said, oh, I'm going to say, please stop it. This is the wrong thing to do. Because if you buy it, the animal will be killed. Yes, and you know, that is our future.
1: There are reasons to believe that the tide may be slowly turning. After years of playing down the issue, Hanoi next year hosts a summit on the trade, but the record remains dire. Activists point to high-level involvement in Vietnamese customs and security forces, just as investigators in sub-Saharan Africa have exposed the complicity of local officials in the trade. Celebrity ambassadors may help, but political pressure on national governments is the key. Whilst the stuff on the stage is useful, without a doubt, what's far more useful is for those world leaders saying to the Vietnamese Prime Minister, why, why don't you just crack down on this? This is a tiny thing, it's a few people, it's causing a lot of harm in other countries. Um, it's not a great thing for your country as it's starting to invest more and more in Africa and so forth. Um, it's, you know, it's of no cost to you really to do this. The killing of Cecil the Lion by an American dentist in Zimbabwe sparked outrage over the plight of Africa's big game and the place of hunters in the debate over conservation. For global campaigners, the fuss was somewhat misleading. Far more important is how to crack down on the criminal networks. International agencies have long struggled to get to grips with criminals who span borders, whether trafficking drugs, people or wildlife parts. To date, only one high-level rhinoceros horn trafficker, a Thai national, has been caught.
0: The data is clearly telling us
1: that whatever we're doing now isn't working, isn't enough and that we need to be innovative. In many of the countries where this is going on, legal systems are not necessarily that well resourced. And I think it's also just a simple matter of priority, Uh, not seeing the problem for what it is,
0: condoning it. Wildlife crime is about much more than wildlife crime, and that's how we should see it. It also goes to rule of law in countries. It fuels corruption, it fuels money laundering, it fuels tax evasion. So it eats away at the very fabric of society.
1: One proposition on the table is to legalize some trade in ivory and rhino horn. The pro-trade lobby argues there are lessons here from the war against drugs. By flooding the market with stockpiled rhino horn, you lower the price, disrupt the illegal trade and generate revenue for local conservation. But many veteran
0: conservationists disagree. What that completely ignores is the huge number of aspirational users that there are in Asia. The other thing is that if you're going to legalize a trade, you have to have it between two countries that are basically not corrupt. There, there's very, very good organized uh, uh, policing, law enforcement. And in our case, between here and China, I don't believe we have either in either country. So I think that, you know, you, so what, you, what you'll create is you'll create a legal trade which will run parallel with an illegal trade and no one will really be able to tell the difference.
1: In the UK, combining celebrity and political clout, former Foreign Secretary William Hague is heading a campaign on behalf of Prince William. They're seeking to persuade shipping companies and airlines to police more effectively their customers
0: and cargo. It's all around the areas of sharing information, of improving methods of detection, of raising awareness within those industries. I I get the feeling it's not something they've, that the industries, that the commercial organisations have ever really thoroughly focused on before. Uh, We've now brought together Airlines, such as Emirates Airlines, Kenya Airways, uh, shipping lines such as Maersk. They are for the first time sitting around the table, really crunching through what happens, where are these flows um, of illegal products, and what can be done around awareness, information sharing and detection.
1: In desperation, South Africa and other countries are completing a DNA database of remaining rhinoceroses and other endangered animals. There is also a new drive to ensure that local communities share in tourism revenue, giving them a stake in the survival of these species. The stark choice the world faces is whether the rhinoceros will survive this latest onslaught or is destined to eke out its existence in zoos, never again to roam free in the wild.
0: Every one of us are trying to do as much as possible um, with what we've got and the manpower that we've got. But the, the influx is just so high. I think if we, we continue the way we're going, we,
1: we're fighting a battle which is gonna be very, very difficult to, to get a, a hold of. Um, I know the last thing I wanted to tell my children is that I was there on my watch, the rhino was lost forever.